0: Get your motor running. And I- green industry podcast this show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level get ready to ride along on our inaugural summer road tour powered by echo and their amazing lineup of products online at echo-usa.com we are traveling the country talking with green industry leaders discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits now here's your host paul jameson
1: what's up everybody welcome to the green industry podcast we're on our summer road tour powered by echo broadcasting live from the fullerton unfiltered studios this is where my friend brian fullerton records his podcast he built all mark thomas and uh, brian built an awesome podcast studio out here in novi michigan my buddy john pajak drove four and a half hours from indiana to get here today to be a part of the show how you doing paul Really good. And thanks to Echo. They are sponsoring this road tour, giving me the opportunity to get out here on the road and actually come to uh, different states and uh, capture these stories. Now, John has personally helped me know my numbers and my business. We did probably like a two-hour coaching call Mm -hmm. where you asked me various questions about the numbers in my business and from there formulated what I needed to be charging based on the size of my business, based on my financial goals uh, per man hour. And we came up with an exact number. I'm not going to tell you guys what that is simply because I don't want you to just copy and excuse all the noise. We literally got a skid steer going on right outside the garage and a couple people shoveling. So <laughs> that's what that noise is. But I don't want you just to say, oh, well, Paul charges X amount per man per hour because there's way too many variables to go by. You might have no employees, one employee, two employees. You might be trying to make 50000 for the year, 100000 I mean, I'm not even getting all the variables. Mm-hmm. So don't copy what someone else is doing. Know your own numbers. So right. let's get started with the expenses in this business.
2: Like you said, Paul, when people are trying to figure out their pricing schedule, you can't copy what anybody Talk else... right into
1: it. Put, put it right into your mouth. You can't
2: <laughs> copy what other people are doing. You have to know what your business is going to do. You have to know what your goals are. So even if uh, you're going to be a solo operator, you're... Expenses may not be the same as another solo operator in your region. Mm-hmm. Um, and then knowing where you want to go is also going to be a key factor in figuring out what your expenses are going to be. It's not just what your expenses are at this time, especially for the guys that are just starting out. It's very hard to figure your rate for what you are doing now and then bump your rate
1: later because you're like yeah we're growing and expanding Mm -hmm. and these numbers don't fit anymore so what i hear you saying is start with the numbers of what you want to grow into rather than try to raise the rates when it's too late essentially absolutely and that's what you
2: kind of have to do you have to think two or three steps ahead think the big picture and when people. You know, if you get any kickback with, um, even from your peers going, why, why are you charging that much or whatever, they don't know what your plans are. Mm-hmm. If you're going to expand into a multi, um, multi-vehicle, crew. Yeah. multi-cruise, things like that, you, each one of those crews, you could build one crew that's scalable mm-hmm. and follow that program. But you need to actually have that planned out first. Yeah. So
1: So I want to get to some of the details of our actual operational expenses and how mm -hmm. to come up with this number in your business per man per hour, which you should be charging. And if you've been in business for any time, I've been doing this for 10 years, you can just go back to 2019 and print out your monthly bank statements and read through what you actually spent on the business or 2018, 17, 16, but maybe, you know, this year is your first year. You don't have those financial records to go back and look at. Let's talk about some of the basic overhead expenses that we need to be calculating as we price out our, our work. Sure. Uh,
2: One thing, just even starting out, start getting a P and L. It's a profit loss report. Of course, if you're just starting out, you probably won't be able to, to,
1: put one of these reports together. And let me say but, this, if you, if you do go to the credit union or to the bank and open up your business checking account, make sure you don't spend any of that money for your personal, but mm-hmm. you keep that pure business because then whatever your income, every check, cash, card payment that you receive for your business, when you put that into that business checking account, that's your revenue or income. And then all the expenses, when you go and fill up your gas tank or you go buy a new weed eater or mower or truck or trailer, whatever the expenses, that's your expenses. And that monthly bank statement can kind of serve as a profit and loss until you get set up with QuickBooks or a CRM to run your profit and loss statement. So that's one way, you know, that's not what you want to do long-term, but that's one way to right. actually see, oh, $7,000 came into the business account, 5000 came out. Mm-hmm. There's a $2,000 profit and and that's before a oh man it could open up a whole new
2: avenue right there i'm not gonna go no 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 nothing bad i'm just saying like that's one of the most common mistakes we could do is going into it and not having like a budget set forth and a lot of people think that budget's a bad word and it's not it's the tool that you can use to get to where you want to go mm-hmm. so um We'll we'll kind of put that on the back burner. Say that one more time. time You could,
1: like, put that on Twitter or something. (laughs) The budget is the tool to use to know where you want to go? Yeah.
2: You know, it it will help you get to where you want to go. It's not only there to help uh, manage your business with your finances, but then let's just say for, you know, this month you wanted to do $15,000 in sales for mowing, you know you need to know like okay this is how much we have to sell this is how many accounts at whatever price it may be that we need to do and you break that down by by the week by the day you know whatever it may run out to don't hit this table because it it makes a bad noise on the. Mic. i apologize no worries uh as far as you know keeping the bu- keeping the budget will keep you on track Uh, also tracking all of your expenses. So when you start coming into, like, let's just say it's a new, you know, a lot of listeners might be interested in starting their own mowing business or their own getting into the green industry. You have to figure out everything that actually goes into the day-to-day operations and just keeping the doors open. Mm -hmm. So it's beyond just your equipment it's beyond you know your your echo equipment it's beyond your mowers it's beyond the hand tools and things like that you had all of those things must be accounted for you also have to account for your insurances your any kind of truck payment um your payroll your taxes all of these things they're they're all going to be in there you know Mm -hmm. and you have to account for all of those things once you do that, you will have a very good idea of what it actually will cost to run your operation specifically. Once you can figure those things out, uh, some other little tricks are you know, I'm up north. Mm-hmm. Our season is a lot shorter than the guys that are down south. Like mm-hmm. guys down south in the warmer clim- climates, they could work almost year round. Up north, we have to basically change, we're only working in certain areas for like eight months. Uh-huh. So you have to also take in a time into effect how much time you have to make that money. Uh-huh. So if you, let's just say, you know, you wanted to make 250,000 in sales mm-hmm. that year for someone that lives in Georgia, down in, in the Atlanta area, uh-huh. you could do that over 12 months. Yeah. In where I live up, at, I'm near Chicago. I'm in Northwest Indiana if we were going to do that 250,000 within the regular season of mowing or fertilization whatever we have to do that in about 8 months so you have to also take into account all of those things and they have to be done within that specific time yeah. so that affects what your hourly man hour rate could be so you you know maybe down south it could be skewed a bit where you your prices might be a little lower, but you're going all year round. Whereas if you're up north and you only have that eight month span, our prices have to be a little bit higher, but we still have what's gonna determine if what we could get away with is the demand and the uh, response from the the customer. You know, we could say, Hey, you know what, we need to make two hundred dollars an hour you know, mm. 200, but people won't pay that rate, right? The market won't, the market will not support it. Yeah. So you have to find, you have to know what your numbers are. You have to know what your bottom lines are so that you can work within the market so that you could sell the, the work that needs to be sold at the right price. Cause
1: a lot of people don't figure that out on the front end and they just go based off the market. Well, Chuck in the truck, You know, he's, he's Mm -hmm. charging 35 bucks a cut or Rick's mowing. They're charging 40 a cut. Yeah, I'll charge 40 a cut. Not knowing that two years from now, Chuck and the truck and Rick's mowing are going to be in business. They're going to be gone. They're going to be gone because you can't sustain that. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you need to respect that. I'm just using a cookie cutter small yard, okay? These these personally aren't the prices that I have in Atlanta. John seen through the internet, you know, the houses that I work on, we charge a lot in these um, superior neighborhoods. But let's say the market's paying, you know, $40 to $50. If you come in and say, hey, it's going to be 90 bucks a cut, they're going to say, get lost. So you can't be that. But if you know your numbers, Hey, I have to be charging $52 to hit my annual revenue and then my profit margin and be where I need to be to make the money that I want to make. Then you're going to have to stick your chest out, pull your shoulders back and present the rate. Our rates, $52. And, but you'll, you'll probably be more successful because you'll have confidence knowing that, if I'm going to run a successful profitable business, this property has to be $52. And if Chuck in the truck's going to say 40 bucks a cut, just putting his thumb in the air, winging it, and you lose the property, oh well, you lost it uh, and he's not making profit on it, like. But when you do get the yes, then you're you're building your business profitably. But mm-hmm. you can't just pull these numbers out of thin air because that's what the market's paying. You need the. You can study the market so you know. Okay, in this neighborhood, most of those people pay thirty-five to fifty. But I got to be fifty-two, so I'm going to actually be pushing the envelope a little bit. Right, and it, one of the, besides doing
2: you know finding what your market is, I mean. For new guys, that's going to be hard for them to... uh, It's not hard. It's not hard. It just takes a lot of work. And that's what a lot of people don't talk about. They always talk about the equipment. They talk about... Even when we talk about knowing your numbers, they don't realize that this is like homework. This is things that you need to do in order to be... Successful within your business to actually grow your business and to, um, you know, just keep building and, and, and growing. Um, for like new guys that are starting out, knowing what their market is, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, just call up and, and find out what everybody is charging. That le- That's like that catch 22 thing where you were just talking about it, you know, Chuck in the truck is charging X amount. How do we know if that's right or not? Right. You know, because I've gone into neighborhoods where people will, you know, we say, hey, you know, it's $40 for the the Mo trim blow. You know, we do a really good job on everything. But then they're like, oh, this guy over here does it for, you know, $30. But that's not always true that that's the going rate. Sometimes clients will lie to you a little bit just to try to get a discount
0: yeah
1: they not a little bit i've yeah. seen that all the time oh well i got another quote for you know if we quote a job for five grand <laughs> well, oh well we you know someone else they do it for 3500 well i ain't we you know right it, uh, ma'am i'm a professional company and this is our rate and you, you just got to take it or leave it we were talking mm-hmm. earlier off air about business sales and smelling desperate Like when you're presenting a sale, you never, you want to just be confident and say, here's the rate Mm -hmm. and let the customer make the decision. But if the customer can, can sense that you're desperate, like, oh, you really need the yard. They're going to take advantage of you. Not, not all the time, but a lot of the time they'll, they'll sense that they'll, they'll uh, work you over. So you gotta know your numbers. We say that on almost every show and then be firm and, and, uh, hold your ground with the customer that here's our rate and be willing emotionally. It's hard to hear, hear, no, we don't like being rejected, mm-hmm. but as a business owner, you need to get some nose under your belt. You need to get used to the customer. I remember I was in a a little bit of an overreaction phase of my business where I was getting no, 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 no. Like people wouldn't even call me back. Like wouldn't even reply back to my email or man, that's ridiculous. And I kind of got the message that I was getting a little carried away because <laughs> I got so many no's. But I was at a place in my business where it's like, I'm really, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do it for a high profit margin, not even think about it. So I had to kind of draw back a little bit, but it felt good to get no's in the sense of, I knew that my prices were high. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they started saying yes, there's a different uh, pep in your step when you're making you know, we did a $12,000 job, of uh, sod, you know, putting in sod and some mulch and we made a great pro- you know, ton of profit on this job. And, uh, I think we made, you know, $7,000 profit on a 12,000 thousand dollar job. And I'm sitting there like, I can't always get that. I just, the set of circumstances, I just went for it and whatever the person, whatever, yeah. But you do the job different when you're like, this is very profitable versus if you're doing a yard and you're barely making profit, just emotionally, it sucks the life out of you.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, it, you know, one thing I know we're talking about our numbers, but something that, uh, you know, you brought up getting used to being told no, it, it's not just like you, you could change things up a little bit too and work on your sales at the same time because you could say, you know, somebody says no. You could come back and just be instead of saying, "Oh, okay, fine, we'll buy," you could work on that and really find out what their objections are. If if it's just the sticker shock of it, you can address like what you know when you get that rebuttal of like, "Well, this guy does it for you know we're we're doing a five thousand dollar job, that's what we're bidding," and oh, this guy came and said he'll do it for thirty five hundred. You could come back and talk to them and be like, look. This is apples to apples. Let's let's find out what is all entailed in there. And basically, you could walk through the sit, the whole process with them. Like, you know, we're very meticulous. We're gonna cut. Up, you know, if say you're gonna do a mulch install for that money, you know, we come in and we cut out, do, do a new bed edges, and we do this, and we put that, You know, you just basically you're you're gonna tell them what you're doing. It's nothing super special, but you can interpret. You could actually talk it up to the point where. They, under, they start seeing that you are the professional when you start saying, this is our process and let me take you through this. They start not looking at the price as much. They start seeing the value that you could provide to them.
0: Hey, we do apologize for the quality of today's audio. Only if Paul had a highly paid broadcast professional on his team. One thing you can always count on though is the quality of Echo Lawn Care products and naturally their X-Series is the best of the best. Echo-USA.com to pick out your next upgrade. Paul and John are coming right back.
2: Hey, everybody, it's Caleb with Almond Landscape here in beautiful Fairfield County, uh, talking about the hardscapeacademy.com. It is our hardscape training website. We have training videos on there for retaining wall construction and paver patio construction. So check us out there at the hardscapeacademy.com, broadcasting to you live from Fairfield County,
0: Ohio. Get in touch with Paul.
1: Just an email away.
0: Green Industry Podcast at gmail.com. Comment on the show. Suggest topics. Ask questions. Speak your mind.
1: Just an email away.
0: Green Industry Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and it's not just the personal communication but it's also the way you present yourself because chuck in the truck and rick's mowing a lot of times if you look out the window they come up you know and they're raggedy set up and they they got their you know their clothes are they don't have a company logoed outfit Mm -hmm. on they're wearing a you know a t-shirt that's got holes in it and cut-offs, and they're wearing gym shorts and you know they don't look professional and you show up with a golf shirt on or a company you know john's got his turf tamer you know uh, orange shirt on, khaki pants, you know, st- st- those steel toe boots there. Oh, yeah, jeans. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, you, you come out of the truck and you carry yourself with professionalism and you talk with professionalism because, let's face it, in the contractor world, whether it's roofing or it's painting or it's landscaping or it's in this fear, there's a lot of negative connotation. There's a lot of stories of people who... We're not professional. We're not honest. Didn't do the job right. And, and everyone's got stories. I got people that have worked for me that have been a joke. And you've probably had experience as a homeowner. And our customers have had sour experiences. So you need to understand they're already kind of a little uh, skeptical. They're paying for a luxury service on their property. You know, they don't want to go out and mow their own grass or put in their own mulch or uh, plant their own bushes or remodel it or whatever. They're paying you for it. How are you pre- presenting yourself? Are you presenting yourself as a competent professional? Because even that helps in the pricing. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It, it, when we come in and you start,
2: you know, giving a, an estimate, quoting numbers, selling that client on these things, you have to, you know, when you know your numbers, you can confidently talk to them about what it is. It's not like you're just winging it. Mm -hmm. You're not just throwing it up against the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, where you, where you stand. If he comes into, um, say you're trying to break into a neighborhood and you're trying to provide services that are regular maintenance and it's not like an install. Installs are a bit different than maintenance. I, I kind of put those in a different mm-hmm. classification because those are kind of like a one and done type
1: job. Right, right, right. And maintenance is repeated. And for those listening, John's a maintenance guy, more of an installation mm-hmm. guy. I, I've been in your world before, yeah, but we're, we're in different worlds but same industry different world. Correct. go ahead right so when the the key to maintenance
2: is you know finding let's just say we're in a neighborhood like this one you need to get your accounts very close to one another that way your numbers work even better it's like if you're profitable uh just with one standalone uh home and you you do the neighbor two houses down and you're still charging the same amount, then you're even more profitable because you're not loading up the equipment, you're not moving the truck, everybody stays in the same
1: area. And let me give a warning about something that I've made the mistake on. So you're in a neighborhood, and the neighbor's like, oh, well, Paul, I'll tell you what, I can get you my neighbor, Let's say it's $45 cut. Yeah. John, I can get you my neighbor mm-hmm. if you'll cut me for 35 and give them 35 because really you're getting 70 and you're not going to be here much longer and you don't even have to move the truck because you can park in between the houses. So then what happens is if you know your numbers, I'm pulling these numbers out of just imaginary, okay? But let's say it's a $45 cut and the neighbor's trying to negotiate with you. Oh, I'll get you Roger next door for 35 just give me a break at 35 and now you're getting $70 instead of 45 and you just, it's not going to take you much longer at all. Cause you're already cutting here. Just go cut his real quick. Well then that lady ends up moving or one of them, something happens and then guess what happens that whether they say they talk or not, they talk word got out. Oh yeah. John's John's charges 35. And then you go to do a new quote. Oh yeah. Hey, I heard you charge 35. Can you cut? No. So, You don't cut people breaks pretty much ever unless it's like a widow from church or there's like a, if there's a tug on your heart where you want to give your time and your services for free to your, to your, you know, relative or the widow from church or whoever it is, that's got to be a very, 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 very rare exception because you, you want to give that and you understand that's charity, but in the business part of it, you don't cut $10 $10 off because you want the neighbor that, that I've never seen that work in my business. It, it doesn't work. Uh, I've been in,
2: been doing this for a while and it, every time you, you get that deal where it's like, Oh, if you cut me a good price now, I'll get you a lot of work. It's like, how about we just have an agreement? We'll work, we'll work together right now and then we'll see what happens. Like down the line, let's just say you wanted, they wanted add on services. Then you could start working with, uh, you know, kind of discounts or like maybe adding more value to those services. Uh, and that's an, an, an absolutely another perfect example of why you didn't know your numbers. So if you're down the road, if you're mowing that client and then they add say, uh, say fertilization, or weed control or, you know, that's, you know, make sure you're licensed. Don't just start grabbing bags off a home Depot shelf and start throwing them down. Um, but, but uh you know you need to know what it's going to cost you and you need to be profitable i don't care what anybody says no matter what i don't care if your hourly rate is $200 an hour you need to make sure that that's profitable there have been so many people that i have helped over the years that they when they bill out their pricing they are either cutting the line so thin that they just aren't making any profit or they're making such a small margin that if they have one mistake they have one slip up it is it, it ruins the whole day right. essentially like it, it's like okay we, now we lost money on this and then you lost your op, you know the time the opportunity uh, instead of wasting all this time and energy on one account that is underperforming where you could have invested that time that opportunity in a in a in an account that is actually profitable yeah okay so i mean just it it's very difficult for me to talk about what you know because the number one question everybody always asks what should i charge and it's like you just need to go through every expense that you have and like i said then you also have to be competitive you have to know where the mark, the ceiling is in your market and if you find that you're too high after all of your expenses are done and everything and you find out man i'm still like five six seven dollars above everybody and i'm not getting you know i'm it's not even a, a small percentage of getting yeses it's like a hundred percent of it is no 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 mm-hmm. what you have to do then is you have to make your outfit more efficient you need to cut some things on your end, to where is like if you had a, a two man crew going out there, but you had enough equipment on that trailer to supply a four man crew. And believe me, a lot of people scoff at that and they go, oh, Nobody does that. You'd be surprised at how many people, like how many case studies I could put together of people that are just like equipment hungry. Mm-hmm. and they just have all of this equipment riding around and instead of having another they could actually make another two man crew they're they're expecting one two man crew to pay for all of that yeah and it's not efficient you know the fuel expenses are higher the equipment expenses are higher everything and it just raises the bar to the point where that equipment's just sitting there not doing anything you know, they got a, a, a you know, a trailer racks full of, you know, Echo Stick equipment, and only two pieces are being used. The other two are kind of like backup, but they look brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, they need, you, it, it's a waste. You're not being efficient. You're not being good with your money, You're not and, and, and you're expecting somebody to pay for all that, when in actuality, you should cut the fat, or split the difference and get another two man crew to make money out with it.
1: Yeah. Well, John, you do one on one coaching. He's actually helped me where he dials in and he'll ask you a bunch of, ran- not random, but a bunch of intentional questions and a lot of them about what you you know, what you spent If you have your records from last year, what you spent on gasoline last year, Mm -hmm. what you spent on mixed oil, what you spent on purchase equipment, what if you have employees, what are you paying your employees, what all these different things to dive into your actual details. Uh, Give you a little shameless plug here, John, for how people can connect with you to uh, do your one-on-one services. I appreciate that, Paul. Uh, John Pajak,
2: Financial Coaching. Right now we're on Facebook. You can find our page there. Um, Also, we have a new website coming out on August 14th, and as soon as uh, that one's put together, I will got gotcha. you get you to plug
1: that in just go to john on facebook yeah. send him a dm send him a message and uh, sign up for an hour like i said i think it took 2 hours by the time you got through my mm-hmm. situation and at the time i had more uh, a different operation but it, it's always flux you know fluxing and changing and you always got to go through and and figure out how do I make this as efficient as possible, efficient as possible, whether you're doing lawn maintenance or a whole other animal of enhancements, you know, what I'm doing or, Mm -hmm. um, design build, what Caleb Allman's doing with hardscaping. It's all different, uh, but it's all the same in, in, in the number part of it. But you, 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 want to make sure that your um, efficiency is set up for the exact service. Cause what you've probably found out is that a lot of guys just kind of, we're like a kid in the candy store when it comes to equipment, we just get everything. Well, maybe one day I'll use that. Maybe one day I'll right. use that. And you just acquire everything just in case when really you, you can trim the fat and okay we're a sod company we put in sod, or we're a mulch company we put in just mulch or we're lawn maintenance we mow edge trim and blow build your outfit specifically for what you do correct and
2: you know like like we were just talking cutting the fat on things the guys that buy all the equipment now it's great to have it but if you're a you know mow trim blow right if, you, if that's what your bread and butter is you're you should not be investing in chainsaws and you know uh aerators and things like that even though that is a like core aeration is a great way to make extra money you have to build it almost as another division within your company so everything has to have a purpose and that's how you can be a very streamlined efficient company that wins a lot of bids and starts building and growing instead of just trying to be everything all at once break everything down into basically divisions once you get a division going and it's running like clockwork maybe then you could
1: venture into something else. Yeah, and if you go too fast and you you do the lawn maintenance, you do the aeration, you do the sod, you do the flowers, you do them all, you you just, it's really hard to be profitable. So I've learned that the hard way. I wish I would have just started and just stayed in my lane, Mm -hmm. cutting that grass, making that cash, because my first year, John, I said yes to everything. I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have the education and the intelligence, and I just, I I wasn't profitable, Mm -hmm. uh, bottom line. In each bottom line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, each one of
2: those uh, services ha- can have a different uh, our man hour rate. So w- you have to figure these things out. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, but at the same time, there are a lot of things that go into this that a lot of people don't think of, and especially if you, you know, starting out. And even guys that have been in the business for, you know, say five or six years, they're still struggling. They're still spinning their wheels because they just haven't caught on to it yet. And really, it's
1: once you figure these things out, it's so eye-opening. Yeah, we got 23 seconds. So the camera only goes for 29. We're using Brian Fullerton's camera. So give him your best 10 seconds. Closing. Know your numbers. There you go. Know your numbers. Perfect. Thanks for driving four and a half hours to be on the Green Issue podcast. Thanks to Echo sponsoring the tour. Thank you to Brian Fullerton for letting us use his awesome studio. We'll be back.
0: And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Details about our guests and advertisers can be found in the show description. You know, after hearing John speak today about accurately knowing your financial situation, maybe it is time to develop a strategy for finally raising those rates coming up here in 2021. Paul's rate increase letter template can be purchased for just 20 bucks at greenindustrypodcast.com. You fill in the blanks, it's fully customizable, and it's yours right now on the Green Industry Podcast website you've been listening to the green industry podcast with paul jameson thanks again to echo for powering our first annual summer road tour check out echo's product line at echo-usa.com and don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with the newest episodes as the tour rolls on